Okay, so now I can hear you. I have a new Perfect. set of headphones. We're good. You can uh, hear me. It's all okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Fine. Perfect. The Sorry about that, people. Like the there's something with my my AirPods aren't working properly with my computer anymore. So, uh, note to self: don't use those. <laughs> so, <laughs> take two. <laughs> yes. So, welcome back to Shooting the Breeze. This is season two, episode eight, and my guest today is David Haddad. Uh, David is a comic and musician based here in Ottawa, and he's the co-producer of Comedy at Swizzles, mm -hmm. which runs Monday nights when we're not in lockdown. So thank you for joining me, David, and thank you for, thank you for, thank you for your patience with the technical issues. Uh, it's okay. I don't know how any of this <laughs> stuff works either, so I'm not one to judge. So, <laughs> so how, how have you been? How have you been? pretty good um keeping busy it's been weird again obviously we just keep getting these waves of lockdown again and things getting sort of okay and then worse and all over the place so i don't yeah. know just trying to keep busy to keep my mind sane i guess exactly you know? exactly because yeah. i find um like the initial one was just strange like everyone was like it felt for a little while it felt like that weird week between christmas and new year's yeah or, you know, and then when we went into the second one, that one was hard, I found. Yeah. The, the, the 30 day one in October, I think it was most of October. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I actually wasn't here. I, I skipped out on that one. So I was, oh, right. the, I was in the East right. Coast. So I got to sort of uh, surpass that one, luckily. But uh, so you guys have dealt with more than I have. I'm one behind. So right. one lockdown behind. behind. <laughs> but yeah, like it's just so. Um, it's just a weird feeling right now with this one mm -hmm. and then now with the uh the curfew but they don't want to call it a curfew it's like stay at home which we've been doing yeah <laughs> totally oh just i i can hear a little bit of uh playback i don't know if that's anything oh 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 that's me okay <laughs> I, i'm a disaster no worries, <laughs> i found no it worries. on my phone and i didn't take the the volume off I, i'm okay. a mess today <laughs> i'm just a big freaking mess today oh, i'm just happy it's not me i always assume i'm doing this stuff, so i'm yes. more than happy to let you uh make these little technical fumbles so yes. it works. <laughs> that's my that's my old person coming out like what's happening i don't know what's going on <laughs> Yeah, that, that was totally me. That was totally oh, well. me. It was starting to interrupt. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, was, well, oh, yeah. with Because now we're in, I think, effective tomorrow. Effective like 12 yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. We have the stay-at-home order. Totally. Which uh, I guess you, we can get fined or whatever if we're out after 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's confusing kind of. I've heard sort of different versions of what's happening and i've heard like you're allowed to be outside with groups of five but if you get caught you still get in trouble so it doesn't sound like you are allowed i don't know i don't really know what's going on i'm just yeah. i'm just I'm sort of trying to keep my head down with this whole thing you know i i work a little bit i'm able to even i think with this i think i'm still allowed to work because uh i'm uh well i'm a dog walker but i'm currently only walking one dog and it's for a, a blind woman and uh so that's still sort of an essential thing for her. She mm -hmm. just literally needs someone to walk her dog. So right. I'm still doing that uh, every day. Um, so that keep, gives me a little bit of normalcy, which is nice. I mean, it's only half an hour, but it gets me at least <laughs> something. At least you're outside for, ha for half an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
because I think there are exceptions if you're if you're walking a dog like yeah if you like yeah, after, even just your own dog yeah your own dog or a dog but yeah. you can't walk people because there was no furries no furries on a leash no I didn't know that is that a thing yeah okay. I think in Montreal like a woman wow. I think she was fined for walking her 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 slave oh her, wow like, it was a kink thing you know like the <laughs> dom okay. thing and they stopped her and she's like don't don't you kink shame me <laughs> and so she kind of has to... a point i guess <laughs> so i think they have to be specific like you could only walk a dog yeah <laughs> you know, on a leash exactly well what if a person sexually identifies as a dog like that person did i don't know that, that it starts getting confusing <laughs> and murky it's, there so i don't it's know it's getting murky <laughs> exactly like the lines are blurred like we don't know. yeah but yeah that happened i think it was over the weekend but it was it was oh, wow. uh, fairly like within the last couple of days so i thought that was pretty funny that's crazy yeah that is i didn't <laughs> know that because i didn't even think of that you know no. that oh yeah there's gonna be somebody walking their person <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wonder if the fine, imagine if the fine was just like part of the kink for them. They're like, good, give me the yeah, fine. Yeah, just, give yeah. me a nice big fine. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I like a hefty fine. Yeah, it could be part of it. We don't know. It could be part of it. You never know. You never, yeah. you never know what's going to turn someone's crank, you know? No, certainly not. Certainly not. And maybe they discover, oh, we like big fines too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't like big fines, so I will not be doing that. Uh, I will strictly be walking professional dogs, not people or lovers. Um, no, I'm not against. I'm not. I'm not king shaming, but I don't want the money charged. No, the charge. Exactly. I don't. I don't want to pay a fine. I don't want to get in trouble. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I'll just keep doing what I've been doing for the last what eleven months or ten yeah. months or something. It's you wild. Know? Yeah, I think I think it's wild that uh, we're still in it. But yeah. like, if you think about it, if they had told us in March, we're gonna, we, we need to be locked down for a year. Yeah, people would have gone mental. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they they anticipated this and they just sort of had the wherewithal to know we'd freak out. Like, which is kind of fair. Like, if someone yeah. told me that, I'd like, fuck that, I wouldn't. I don't know how I would react. Like, exactly. Yeah. I know it wouldn't be good. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> you know, because yeah, that at least they broke it up for us a little bit but yeah i guess yeah, but to to know that you're going to be locked away or locked up and like very limited human contact for a year at least yeah. like that's yeah people that that would be too that would be dangerous for people it's true we, we've had our moments though like we've had our moments where it almost seemed normal like in comedy even like there's been mm -hmm windows of time where for like a month and a half it almost feels like the old days again yeah, and yeah. yeah so that's been nice and hopefully we get a couple more of those every once in a while before things hopefully get better overall yeah yeah so like how how were things for you like when we went like before actually say from when we um when things reopened in july to when you went to the east coast yeah. like how was how was performing and stuff for you then it was a slow build to semi-normalcy so it started weird i think the first show i did was like a trevor's pad show at yuck yucks um there was like you know like six people in the audience everyone's unsure of if we should even be there um there's the plexiglass which is a whole strange oh, thing that you're yeah. used to performing behind plexiglass is very weird so you you performed at the uh 
the absolute comedy in Kingston since this mm -hmm. happened, right? Yeah. That that to me has been the most crazy plexiglass. It's like looking in three mirrors. I like funhouse mirrors. <laughs> yeah, while you're performing, it's really, really <laughs> weird. Because you see yourself here, here, and yeah, you can exactly. only see like the front, the front table. Yeah, and like only like their hands the, and elbows, pretty much. Like the two people not... right at the front of the table. That's it, and yeah. then just the void after. Yeah, I was on a show there like a month ago, and uh, the headliner Nick Reynoldson, uh, he was trying to do crowd work, and he was sort of trying to like get a better look at them, and he actually stepped off the stage and kind of fell into the thing because he was, <laughs> and he made he made it really funny. He made it super funny, but he literally was just trying to get a better look at them because they were trying to talk to him, and he just couldn't do it. And he yeah, because it's like I can hear. You, but I don't. I, can't, yeah. I don't know where you are, and yeah, even your hearing is affected work. behind there. Totally, totally, yeah. it's yeah. weird. But so, so to answer your question, um, yeah, it was just sort of a lot of different experiences, I guess, because I think I got used to it, and then I'd go to a show like that and be like, oh, I <laughs> was not prepared for this. Um, I mean, it was fine, but it was just weird. Um, yeah, producing shows was definitely weird because there was like a little bit of pressure of like, oh, I hope I'm not going to make my community sick by being a producer and letting people in like I don't I don't know I don't want to be the guy that's like oh yeah I remember when David Haddad let everybody go perform at Swizzles and then we all got sick and like I, and so I got killed, really... literally killed the auto yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so I, I was kind of stressed about that for a little while but uh Swizzles was really good um with with working with us for the precautions and providing things and they want they they were maybe one of the places I was at where they were the most like concerned, not maybe not concerned, but the best at um, <laughs> making sure things were done right because uh, the bartender JP is a, a bit of a dick. I mean that in the nicest, most loving way. I love that guy. He's a very good friend of mine, but he's really good at being like, hey, fuck you, sit down, get out of there. You're not supposed to be standing. And so he was really good at kind of putting the fear in people, which I yeah. oh, yeah. a little more safe because I knew if someone wasn't following the rules it'd only be a second before jp saw them and would snap at them so that that was yeah. nice because he snapped at me actually what's he he slapped me on the ass once <laughs> okay because i was leaning over to get my yeah. camera i should have put my mask on i should have yeah and i yeah. and then i felt someone slap me on the butt and i just sort of and i turned and he's like i'm sorry he's like i shouldn't have done that i'm sorry but you got to put your mask on <laughs> so i was like okay <laughs> yeah that is a weird way of doing that and probably an hr because <laughs> i was just shocked because i yeah. was like no one has touched my ass in a long time and i was not expecting that and i was just like you know like who <laughs> yeah yeah i mean gay man or not it's weird to be slapped on the ass randomly out of nowhere so exactly. uh <laughs> so it caught me totally off guard yeah. and i was like since then i'm like masked up like, i was just I gonna know. say you'll never forget to put your mask I'll on never that, forget. So. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> right or wrong, his method works. So <laughs> it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, I've I've noticed that like a lot of, well, a lot, like the three or four places that I've gone that I went to comedy in Ottawa for, were like they took it seriously. Oh yeah, oh, you yeah. know they took oh, it seriously. If we didn't, we didn't have comedy. We needed to, right? It's exactly like, that's the way I looked at it. it was like I had no patience for fucking around with the rules because we just want to do this right like i just want to be able to do this i want my friends to be able to do it i want the community to be able to do it so it's just like i i didn't have any patience and that's why i was glad to be working with swizzles because they certainly didn't have any patience for it so it was nice yeah. to, to know that that was it but I, but like you said a lot of the places yuck yucks was also fantastic mm -hmm. for, for everything 
absolute oh, yeah. comedy i went there and the owner looked like he was gonna have like a like an anxiety attack like that's how on top <laughs> of everything he was like everyone's wearing the mask right like just, so they just want to make sure everything's working properly yeah. like, because god like, forbid if if like say someone because we we've, we've heard stories of people like saying that they're not sick when they when they were or they yeah. you know they weren't out of the country when they were and stuff like that and you know, I, I, I can't even imagine like the feeling if something was traced back to like your establishment yeah, after you felt like you've done everything. Yeah. Like that would be, that would be terrible. That must, that must feel really bad, you know? Yeah. It would make you feel bad. It would stick with your uh, reputation forever, probably even after this, yeah. like, oh, that's that place that was gross during a pandemic. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's in everyone's best interest just to not fuck around mm -hmm. and to make sure Cause like you said, people who just don't uh, do the things they're supposed to do. Like when I went to the East coast, uh, the day I landed, um, there was someone from Toronto who went to an old folks home in Moncton and they didn't do any self-isolation first and they got people sick. They, they, oh. that was one of the first like major cases that they'd had. They'd been really, really good in Moncton. And then some asshole just decided- From a hot to... spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. And, like when I went there, I specifically, I went to my folks have a cottage. So me and my dad went to my cottage. We spent two weeks there. We didn't see anybody. It was just the two of us. And then when we were It was done, beautiful. I, was, I remember yeah. seeing your stories and your pictures and like the ocean and you had oh, yeah. like good food and yeah, totally. like that's, you oh, did it in really style. Complain. That's the way you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little vacation. Yeah, it was yeah. actually pretty awesome. We yeah. just, him and I just watched, like we just would drink, eat good food, watch, uh, we binged the shows Ozark and The Boys the entire time we were there. We just watched good TV. It was a good time. I actually had yeah. a pretty good uh, isolation. So uh, I don't know why some dick from uh, Toronto couldn't do the same thing and yeah. not get, especially oh, if you're man. going to an old folks home. That's like why you're going there. And that's like the whole thing we know about this. Yeah. Careful around old people. Like, exactly. It's like the most, They're the most like, vulnerable. And it's like, yeah. God, you know, because I know people who haven't seen their grandparents or their parents you know, mm. in months because they can't go. Totally. You know, so, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, because I know when like when I, um, last year at the beginning, um, I had, I had been in Jamaica for a, like a week. Oh, cool. And I came back on the 12th of March. Mm -hmm. And I had flown out of Montreal because I went with my sister and brother-in-law. And then that night I drove back. And it was the Monday because when I flew back, they were saying if if you were coming from certain countries like Italy or certain places in, in Europe to isolate everywhere else, you're fine. But then okay. I think by by the weekend, I think by the Sunday, they were saying if you've been out of the country at any point, self-isolate for two weeks. Yeah, totally. So I know from oh, the I Sunday, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You have some cat issues over there? What's up? <laughs> yeah, I have like cat issues. Yeah, because I had two, I have three cats. Yeah. And I got a new one. I got a COVID cat in the summer. Oh, and okay. she's a, she's younger than the other two and she wants to play, but she's aggressive. She doesn't yeah. know how. So, and they don't yeah. Have so there's probably. one here. She's totally puffed out because she's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. So, so every yeah. now and then there's some like thing happens because someone yeah. got too close <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah some drama yeah, yeah. Some, some drama <laughs> <laughs> but now what you were saying about yeah just like the isolating um it's funny like uh it's not really i mean it's a bit of a pain in the ass obviously to spend 14 days like that but 
I mean, you just got to do it. My, my parents, uh, they've done it like three times now, I think, because um, they've just wanted to like come see me or whatever, or they, and actually they, uh, they were in Florida when everything went down. So they had to do it when they first got back. And then they came to visit me in August for my birthday. So then on the way back, they had to do it again for another two weeks. And then when I came down, my dad didn't want me to be alone at the cottage. So he was like, oh, I'll just self-isolate again for two weeks. And I was like, Jesus, that's, that's a lot. I don't know anyone that's done it three times yet. But, and I think they're coming here in February if they can, depending yeah. on how things go. And so they'll have to do it. He'll, it'll be a fourth time for him self-isolating wow. after that. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because one, one of my good friends, her husband lives in France she's in mm. she's in Montreal and he's in France he's here now okay. uh, like he's been here for a few weeks I think he's going back next week but the same thing like because she's I think she's gone over there twice yeah and self-isolated for two weeks there mm -hmm. then she spent like a month and then when she came back here she's you know self-isolated yeah. for two just, weeks it's just gotta do what you, gotta you do, do. Just, yeah. yeah and then when he came they self-isolated and you know, it's just, that's what you have to do. Like if you need to travel somewhere or you yeah. need to go somewhere, that's just part of it's the way it is now. Yeah. Right that's now, the way it but... is. It's a protocol, you know, so yeah. sucks, oh but I don't know. Yeah. That's, it's going to be like that for a little while at least, you know, Yeah. but oh well. Oh well. I'm just like, just let's keep everybody healthy and, and, you know, hopefully Absolutely. no one gets sick. Oh, and yeah. hopefully you know, people stay safe and, and yeah. everything. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is like the first time that like, we're really like just sitting down and chatting and cause yeah. we, we know each other, we know, yeah, obviously, sure. you know, yeah. but we've never really like talked. No, more than like just this. like, yeah. Conversations at a, at a bar for a show, you know, here and there for a night, but yeah, not like a full sit down conversation. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Like, tell me about your life. Like yeah, we've never, <laughs> yeah. we've never done that. So, no. so, um, like how long have you been, um, doing comedy and how did you get started? Um, I've been doing it four years now, uh, probably four years, like in a couple days, actually something like that. Um, okay. pretty soon around, around this month anyway. Um, so yeah, four years. Um, I've always really been into stand up, a bit of like a comedy nerd. I was just like obsessed with podcasts that were um, kind of analyzing stand up and breaking it down for years before I ever did it, which was really helpful when I finally got into it because I had all these like reference points and kind of mm -hmm. tools to use. Um, but I got into it because I was in a script writing program at Algonquin. Um, it was my third year at Algonquin. I'd done two years of professional writing and then I did script writing. And there were three comedians in my class. Uh, one of them, two of them aren't here anymore. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but there was Daniel Araya, who actually was uh, producing Swizzles at the time um, when I met him. And then there's- Oh Kennedy. yes, I know him. He's in Toronto now, I think. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. I, I've met him a couple of times when he's come to town, yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And then yeah. uh, Kennedy Ryan, um, she's also very awesome and funny. And then she also later was uh, producing swizzles as well. And then the third person uh, was Andrew Womble, who you know. Yeah, and, I know Yeah. <laughs> and so he was actually the one that kind of more than any of them, like I was just excited to be around comedians. Like I hadn't really met anyone that did it yet. I was so obsessed with it. Like literally I was hearing them talking, being like, oh yeah, like I was at an open mic the other night. Like I just want to start leaning into crowd work and just hearing like sentences like that got me like all excited. Cause I was like, oh, it's, it's real. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> They're doing it. Yeah. I was, and I was like, I've heard of this. I've heard of 
background work. Like, you know what that like is. That. Yeah. <laughs> so I got really excited. Um, and then Andrew was sort of the one who pushed me a little bit, which um, getting to know him like throughout the years, I don't think it's like he didn't like see anything in me. I think he just sort of likes uh, pushing people into comedy and seeing what happens <laughs> a little bit. I, <laughs> this is my... Because I, I remember him asking me, he was like, oh, what are your premises you're going to do? Because I finally, I signed up for a Yuck Yucks open mic. And he was like, what are you going to do? Run it by me. And I had this like weird instinct to not run it by him. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't. And now four years later, knowing him very well, it was the right instinct. I, <laughs> I run jokes by him all the time now, like kind of knowing what I'm talking about. And he'll just look at me like dead in the eyes. It never feels good. So I think doing that before my first set wouldn't have been a wise choice. Um, <laughs> But that being said, he was very helpful in showing me the ropes of like how to find shows, how to sign up for Swizzles, how to uh, get into uh, the Ottawa Comedy Community page and sort of find shows. So, and then after that, uh, it was just sort of, I just got obsessed instantly. So that's kind of, when I find a creative pursuit that I'm into, I get pretty like locked in. So yeah, uh, yeah that's pretty much what happened. And I kind of just been running with it as much as I can since. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. And how did um, how did you inherit Swizzles? Like, how long have you been co-producing that? Yeah, uh, that was so. Since I started comedy, like, I'm probably the sixth producer since I started comedy of Swizzles. Really? I, I think something like that. Um, so I inherited the spot from Adrian Brown. Um, and he was just a comic. He was doing it with Kendi Ryan. They were producing together. Um, I think that's who I inherited it from. Anyway, he just, he stopped doing it and he suggested me and JP liked me. So they agreed to give it to me. And, uh, I was working with Mike Tamafi for a little bit doing it. And then he stepped back and now I'm with, uh, Sophie Hayes. So yeah, there's been a lot of us like that show has had quite a few producers. But, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah they, is one of my favorite is one of my favorite spots. Oh yeah, that's. Yeah. I was really happy to get involved with it because it was like a place that made me very comfortable with comedy, and like I really worked out a lot of my shit there and started kind of figuring things that like that was the place where I started getting more spots more regularly and given like slightly yeah. little little chances. So it was really nice. And then when I was able to get that, I was like, okay, well, I, I love this room, so I can mm -hmm. sort of try to bring that love to the shows I produce. Hopefully, yeah, so. yeah. No, it's one of my favorite because I think that was I think Swizzles was my very first spot mm -hmm. that I got that I put like spot yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. got and I was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I know I hit that anniversary recently I think that was in sometime in December I think yeah was my first time um yeah I think that was my first time at Swizzles but did, you know I love we, it did we also did I did you get your first hosting there or did you host at poor boy first um I know no, you... I, I hosted it poor boy first and then okay. Sizzles. Okay. Yeah, so I was so a little I... more seasoned when I got to Sizzles. Yes. <laughs> so I can't claim I can't claim all your anniversaries <laughs> exactly. or whatever, unfortunately. Yeah, but... you yeah, um, yeah, I did poor boy first the Thursday and then the following Monday yeah, I yes. did okay. uh, Swizzles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that was yeah, that was that was fun. But um no, it was it was like a nice full circle mm -hmm. for me because I remember going to swizzles just to check it out because i was like yeah. oh i don't know what to expect and just to to see the show and i remember i remember that andrew was hosting oh no that night i remember <laughs> andrew was hosting i remember kia was there 
Okay. I remember yeah. seeing you, Andrew was hosting, and I remember Kia. Okay, cool. And I don't remember who else was there. Yeah. Um, and then I went back maybe like a week, maybe a couple of weeks later when I had my spot. And I was like, and that's where I met, uh, I met Tavis that night. I think I met oh, nice. Tom Hills that okay. night. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, no, it's funny. I was just thinking today about how, um, so since lockdown and like all these different phases of it and all this stuff, there's been a lot of an influx of new comics I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, and like there always is, but it's more noticeable because uh, a lot of uh, more regular comics from the last couple of years have sort of stepped back because of like families or just not feeling comfortable. And it's so weird to me that a lot of the comics right now that are very active don't even know who like Tavis Maplesden is or like Jennifer Whiteford or like these people yeah. who like when I was doing comedy, I was like, oh, these are like my favorite people and the funniest people in the city. And it's, exactly. it's just sort of weird that uh, there's like this weird kind of overlap right now where when things get back to normal, there's going to be a bunch of like groups of comics that don't even know each other. It's going to be really interesting. It's true. Yeah. 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 And I know in a couple of, in, like in, yeah, in the, in the next couple of weeks, I'm speaking to two comics that started during the pandemic. Cause I'd really okay. like to hear that perspective of, yeah, you totally. know, you started during a plague. Like what's that like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, cause, cause yeah. they've never had like, their full house or their sold out shows are 40 or 50 people. Yeah. Like yeah, they've never they've seen been... yuck yucks filled to capacity or anything yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Like I've seen like, uh, yeah. Yuck yucks before the lockdown. Like there's been times where I've gone there and I can't stay. Like they're like, literally it's a fire. You can't even hang out in the green yeah. room. It's like a fire code. There's just no room for You're anybody. You're like against the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it's amazing because if you're performing on one of those shows, it's one of the most fun shows you'll ever oh, do. Oh, for sure. For so, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. And it's so weird how that's kind of like le like readjusted where now I'm like, oh, 30 people? Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's so weird, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like, because so, I remember the first time stepping, I think the, the first club I stepped into like, when things reopened was um, Absolute Kingston. I went I went to Kingston to see, cause two friends were performing yeah. and it felt so weird. It was like empty. Yeah. You know, people came out and stuff, but like with tables far apart and everything, yeah. but then that just became normal. You well, know? yeah, the, the last club show I did was uh, Kingston Absolute, like, I don't know, probably three weeks ago, I, some, some last month. And uh, there was maybe five people there. <laughs> like it was, a besides comics, it was a handful of comics and then some of the local people came out, but like there was mm. like no one there, but it was like really fun still. Cause like, yeah. I think we've all learned, you just kind of have to be like, well, it's how it is mm -hmm. the new normal or whatever. You just have to grip it and bear it and make the best with what you got. Exactly. And, and make whoever, whoever's there, make them laugh. Totally, totally. You know, whoever's there, yeah. make them laugh. But yeah, no, it's because I remembered when I when I spoke with Dylan, one of our things was like, how are we going to feel like when things open up again? Like when there's no plexiglass and people, you know, are we going to be like back the fuck up? Like you're too close. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, how is that going to be? <laughs> First show you know? of no plexiglass. I'm just going to go on stage and do raspberries the whole time. <laughs> and just see how people like that <laughs> see, see the reactions exactly. Yeah, exactly exactly because like i remember 
like how close tables would be to the stage where if you took a misstep, you could kick someone's beer off the table totally. or, you know what I mean? And Oh yeah. Well, there was a time at comedy clubs, you would just be forced to sit with random people you didn't know because you're just at like a long table or a, or a table stuck together or whatever. And that's yeah. not a thing anymore. That would never no. happen now. So. Oh yeah. You know. We would sit and you're like literally rubbing shoulders with people yeah. next to you, you know? And totally. yeah, just, yeah. So it's like, I, I find it's, it's amazing how, quickly we can adapt to things and how quickly and and equally how quickly we can forget yeah what things are like you know absolutely because right now i think if like i don't know if 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 i'm anywhere now and i see like more than four people together i'm like whoa (laughs) there's a lot of weird things there's a lot of weird adjustments i've been noticing like um like it's so funny that like the mask thing has become such a part of everybody's lives that like I've been realizing lately that when I'm wearing like a disposable like one of those blue masks and I see someone with like a reusable mask I feel like an asshole because I'm like <laughs> oh I'm not committing as hard to solving the problem as this person and I feel like they're judging me because they're like oh you can't wash your mask you can't pay two extra dollars for a mask with vampire fangs on it or whatever like I <laughs> I don't know so <laughs> It's just weird that that's become like a new normal thing. Like, it's really strange. Because the thing is, like, I've gone through so many masks. Like, I have, I want to say at least a dozen, like, cloth masks. Like, I don't use them. I use the disposable ones. I just find I can breathe easier. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know? But then I feel, I also feel like uh, disposable, like that shouldn't be left up to me. Like my interpretation of when something's ready to be thrown away is like maybe different than like a medical professional's. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> it, just, it shouldn't be left to, to me, I don't think. I don't agree with that. Because so. <laughs> I know like if I'm wearing makeup, it's, it's like one use because all my makeup's on the inside. But like, yeah. say like the last couple of weeks, I'm not wearing makeup. I might use it like three three days or something and then and then toss it but yeah yeah, I'm like I've got all these reusable masks that I can I should be using but I don't know (laughs) I just prefer the disposable ones yeah they're easier easier to deal with and I think I know what that stemmed from because I remember um when I was in Kingston in the summer it was like that weekend was hot it was like Mm -hmm. stupid hot and I had a cloth one and it got wet. Oh no. <laughs> From all the, like just the heat and the breathing. And I was like, this is disgusting. And yeah, I remember absolutely. I had disposable ones and I wore those for the rest of the, uh, <laughs> for the rest of the weekend. Cause I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, thank God we don't have to do comedy when we do get to do comedy. Thank God we don't have to wear masks. That would be the worst. Yeah, it yeah, would really, that would that'd be hard. I yeah. think that would be a little too much of a hurdle. Like. I don't know. I'd probably try it, but it would be annoying. You'd lose a lot of um, expression, like laughs. You can get off facial expressions and stuff. Yeah, because your face, half your face is covered up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I've noticed that I'm mask deaf. Like if someone's wearing a mask, I didn't realize how much I read lips. Yeah, you might just be deaf deaf, it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like you need to read lips. I don't know if it's mask deaf necessarily. Uh, <laughs> but, because, uh, yeah, it's, I think I'm just deaf. It's true because people would be like up close to me saying something and I'm like, I, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying to me. Oh, totally. I, I do have really bad hearing. Like I have, I was in bands for like a decade and I was never 
like wearing protection or anything. So okay. I have like super damaged hearing. Uh, and so even like the layer of mask, like that muffleness can really fuck with me sometimes. Like, yeah. I hear, even without a mask, I hear sentences from people that they've never said, you know what I mean? You say something to me, I hear a totally different sentence. And like, what do you mean the, the barracudas are coming? They're like, I didn't say anything about that. I feel like I said nothing about barracudas. I said, I'd love to canoe this summer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Masks don't make it easier for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, what's been your best experience with stand-up so far and then conversely your worst uh okay um one of my most fun experiences maybe like I've had a lot of really fun like good experiences but as far as like I know I haven't really opened for that many people that are like big names or anything um but I had a really fun experience with uh meeting John Dore a couple times who was oh, like wow. a huge hero of mine as like and he's from Ottawa right yeah exactly so yeah, he's from Ottawa. So not only is he like a, a comedian, like a comedic hero of mine, but he's like a Canadian comedian hero of mine, which is, it's, it's so nice when we have like good ones, you know what I mean? And, and we do, Ottawa specifically has some really, really great comedic history. Um, yeah. But John Doerr, I was at, uh, I was at Yuck Yucks one night for a new talent showcase. And I was just on the show. I just had like an eight minute spot or something. And at the very last second, the host dropped out. Um, and then... Chris Boris asked me, he was like, do you want to host? And I was like, uh, sure. Like the show was starting in like three minutes. Like it was like, <laughs> it was like such crunch time. I was like, uh, okay, let me just readjust everything I was going to do in my head very quickly. Uh, but okay, whatever, I'll do it. And then uh, Mike Tamafi was like, oh, uh, so, so-and-so said I could host now. And so him and I were like sort of arguing about it. And then from behind us, John Doerr, just who was going to be on the show uh, stepped up and she said, well, can I host? And me and Mike were like, yeah, that's hilarious. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you should be the headliner of the show and you already aren't, but yeah, you can host this like 14 person open mic, basically like go for it. And uh, so it was really cool. Like, cause I saw him earlier that night and I was like, that's fucking John Doerr. And it like, I was like, okay, I have to deal with that. Let's not be a weirdo about it. Uh, Cause I just love him so much. And then I was like, okay, I, maybe I'm going to be the host. Let's like be chill. And then I was like, okay, now John's doing it. And that was really cool. And then he was just so cool. I've noticed with like bigger Canadian comedians I've met like him or like Jeremy Hotz um, or Tom Green that they, I don't know if this is a Canadian comedian thing, but they speak to us, at least to my experience, as equals, which is really cool because we're not. Uh, like, <laughs> like Jeremy Hotz said he got off stage and Jennifer Whiteford and I were talking to him and we were just asking him how it was and how he felt about his set. And he was like, oh, it was really fun. He's like, you know, like, I'm just at this point where I can just go up there and I can just say whatever I want and they're on board. And then he was like, you guys know what I'm talking about. You're comics. And we're like, we don't know what you're talking about. You're tell us. <laughs> like a, yeah, you're like a 20 year veteran who's like done all this amazing stuff. It's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's so nice of them to just be like, well, yeah, we're all in it together kind of, which is the sense I've gotten from people like John Doerr and, and Jeremy Hotz and Tom Green. Yeah and um anytime i've talked to them and uh that's just so cool i don't I, again i i have a feeling it's maybe a canadian thing i think i think it is yeah yeah it could just be a comedian thing because there is a bit of everyone talks about like being in the trenches or whatever like as you, you go through very similar weird experiences that a lot of other people don't go through so 
in that weird way, you and I can relate to someone like Tom Green more than your average person could. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that experience with John Doran just hanging out and like he was in the green room literally being like, hey, what do you think about this tag? And I was like, holy fuck. Like, just like <laughs> things like that, like just me and him. And then I'm like, uh, and I like gave him a tag idea and he tried it on stage and like he was giving me, uh, he was giving me uh, weed oil capsules the entire time. And like, it was just fun. He was just being cool. Like, I don't know. He that's was just, awesome. Yeah. So that was a really, uh, that's one of my favorite experiences in comedy. It was just hanging out with like literally a hero of mine and him acting like it was just nothing. Like he's just like, yeah, we're just basically friends is how he was acting. And I was like, that's wow. so cool. That, that, that warms my heart to hear, yeah. to hear that, that, yeah, yeah that I, I love he, that. I love well, that. Another cool thing about John Doerr is when he comes to town, he will, he's not above doing open mics. Like he, he's done the Wellington Eatery when uh, bureaucracy was uh, functioning. Uh, he came down to bureaucracy and did a spot there. And like, he's not above anything. He just wants to do spots, right? Right. So, just like, wants to was, work. Yeah. Well, like he was practicing for filming a TV show that he was hosting so he literally was like coming to our shitty open mics and doing stuff to then go to Montreal or Toronto or whatever and film these like JFL TV shows. And it's just like, it's so cool that he's just wow. like, he's, he just doesn't seem to have much ego about it. So, yeah. That, no, I love, I love hearing stuff like that. I love yeah. hearing stuff like that. You know, when, uh, when they're still down to earth and everything like that's. Uh, totally. Well, yeah, another I love hearing that. Another story about that kind of is I was in New York last, uh, I think November for uh, the New York Comedy Festival. I went to watch a bunch of stuff. I went to the Comedy Cellar a few times, saw some great shows there. I saw uh, Pete Holmes, John Mulaney, oh. um, Nate Brigazzi. Like it was an amazing time. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so good. And uh, one night I was leaving the cellar um, and there's this comedian I really like, Joe DeRosa. And I had seen him that night he had kind of an okay set, but, or like, I thought it was really good, but I could tell he didn't feel great about it. Uh, and then after the show, I saw him out front of a bar and I was like, Hey Joe, like I'm a huge fan of your podcast and like, blah, blah, blah. And he, <laughs> he kind of brushed me off. I think he wasn't having the best night. He was sort of just okay. like, yeah, thank, Hey, thanks man. Whatever. And like, he just sort of kept smoking and he was having a cigarette with someone. And I kind of looked over and I was like, Oh, Hey Tom green. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, Hey, <laughs> and, and then I was like, uh, hey, not to be a weirdo, but like, I'm a comedian out of Ottawa. And he was like, oh, cool. He's like, you must know Howard Wegman. You must know Waffling as well. Like he started just saying, and we were just talking and he was like, because we had this one little connection, he was more than happy to have like a 15 minute conversation with me on the side of the road in New York City. Wow. Um, and it was kind of funny because this guy whose podcast I love, who I went up and was like, hey, I'm like... <laughs> I use, I literally use the name of like what the fans are called. I was like, Hey, I am a blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, cool. Whatever, man. And then Tom Green was just like, Hey, let's talk about Ottawa comedy. And I was like, Hell yeah. <laughs> and then my father, who I was with, he still talks about this all the time because um, like, um, I guess a homeless woman came up to us while we were all talking and she was just like, Hey, I'm just looking for some money. And Tom Green, without thinking, just reached into his pocket, pulled out a $20 bill, handed it to her. And we just sort of kept having our conversation. And that, that left such an impression on my dad. He was just like, because he was like, do you think if you ever met Tom Green again, he'll remember you? And I was like, no, I don't think he'll remember me. And he was like, well, I don't know. Someone who just so thoughtlessly gives someone money like that without thinking about it. I think someone like that would remember you. And I was like, oh. okay, dad, whatever. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm glad that it's so funny. My dad just thinks Tom Green is like the salt of the earth. And like, I just, I don't think he's ever seen clips of him like humping dead animals or anything. <laughs> I don't think he knows that side of him. He just saw him like just give without thinking to yeah. all <laughs> Which is nice. Your, I think your dad is, is so pure. Yeah, yeah. He's so, so innocent and pure. That's sweet. Yeah, he's clearly never seen Freddie got fingered. So <laughs> it'd break his heart. <laughs> It'd break his heart for sure. Oh my God. What is he doing to that elephant? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It gets really No, gross. I've never seen it. It's really, really gross. <laughs> I don't necessarily recommend it. Your poor dad's like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, those yeah, are great. Those are pretty great experiences. Yeah, I know. You I know? think so. Those aren't really my like comedy, like comedic experiences, but interacting with like top tier comedians it's, it's just really cool that they can be so chill oh yeah yeah wow that's cool that's cool so what what's been your worst experience uh, um, <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i can think of like an exact worst worst i mean i've just had like you know your your bombs or whatever where uh a lot of it was early on a lot of like shows where you don't necessarily know what you're getting into because early on you're kind of like oh i'm just gonna you're being ambitious you're gonna do every single show that comes your way until you learn to be a little selective like <laughs> you need to be a little selective not that not like exclusive but every once in a while yeah but it's hard to tell because like yeah if you don't know yeah, because a show could sound weird. like a, like a place in Ottawa, like like Meow, that's hot. If you're like, oh, we got this show at a hot sauce cafe, you'd be like, well, that sounds fucking stupid. What what is that? And but it's a great show. It's a really oh, it fun is. Show. It's a lot of fun. Good yeah, food exactly. and great hot sauce. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I again, I'm not shitting on them. I love. Uh, I thought I. I I usually have a bottle of the hot sauce next to my bed for whatever reason. I was going to show it, but I don't have it right now. The Bengal burn. It's my favorite favorite berry hot sauce. It's now that's hot check it out uh, but anyway um so yeah you don't always know what shows are gonna be what um so you know just like random bombs and like shows where you're like oh the audience had no idea a show was gonna happen those are always the worst ones <laughs> where it's like and when i was a musician i would do those type of shows too where you're playing like in front of the tv of the hockey game that they're there to watch and they're like we don't want what you're yeah, doing. they're like move <laughs> yeah exactly and i've done that in comedy i've done that in music uh i did a show really early on this was the show that made me realize you have to at least look into what the show is like um i did a show and there was no microphone at the last second um but yeah uh like literally you think like, that's like the basic most basic part of it the show is it is the most basic <laughs> part and yeah this person was like a minute before the show was just like hey so uh just letting you guys know we had a mix-up we don't have a microphone so we're actually gonna do like a bit of a coffee house style thing we all kind of laughed thinking they were joking yeah uh, and then they because even coffee house stage. style things have microphones exactly it doesn't make any sense yeah and then like they got <laughs> the person got on stage and just like began to host without a microphone we're like oh this is oh, shit. yeah <laughs> and oh, uh my Actually, you know, uh, Don Zanklin was on that show too. If you ever want to ask her about that, so okay. uh, was, I just remembered she was on that show with me. It was pretty early, 
for her too, I think. But um, yeah, and it was fine. It was like whatever. It was I did it. I got up and I just yelled. I know how to project. I yes. can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was weird, and uh, and it wasn't that good of a show as far as an audience anyway. So yeah. that was one where it's always kind of stuck with me. With like, oh yeah, I remember that time you just got on stage stream your set yeah yeah and i was only a couple months in anyway so it's not like i really was like finessed or knew what i was doing either so i'm sure even if i had a microphone i don't know how good it would have been but yeah so whatever but so that's one that always kind of stands out to me oh my god that's crazy yeah. like no microphone because you yeah. think okay i've been at places where there's no stage yeah. you know it's like that's move fine. a few tables around stuff like that maybe no lighting or something but yeah, always probably. a microphone oh absolutely <laughs> at the very least <laughs> totally it's funny though because it really said it really shows comics will do any show that like as far as most comics i know like a lot of people maybe who aren't comics or who hear about that would be like oh well as soon as i hear there's no mic i'll probably just leave but all of us are just like well shit i guess i'm gonna project today yeah. like we just yeah, sort of grip like, it oh well it <laughs> yeah I mean, I've been in so many shows where like all of a sudden something pops up that makes it not really the most ideal situation. You're like, well, mm. I guess this will just be one of those. Yeah, and you just, exactly. Uh, get to the other side and uh, <laughs> hope the next show is better. So, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, when you're on stage, do you like, are there any things that are off limits to you? Like any topics or subjects or anything that like you would absolutely not bring to the stage i don't know there i don't know i i would i would probably discuss any topic but it's my i guess just like the way i am in real life there's certain things that i wouldn't do like i wouldn't uh harass a minority in real life you know what i mean so i probably wouldn't punch down against minorities on stage either right like I could maybe talk about minorities but even then i'd be, feel weird about it so it's not like off limits but i just there's like a, I guess the temp, it's, it's not topic, it's temperament. You know what I mean? It's temperament, it's uh, personality, it's um, the way your principles and morals kind of translate from like you as a person to you as an onstage comedian. So it's not that anything is off topic, but there's just certain things that no matter what the topic is, I'm just predispositioned to tackle it in a certain way based on who I am as a person. Right. So I think I wouldn't shy away from any topic, but my take um, could be reserved depending on what my personal uh, principles or morals are in that situation, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of qualities, like, are there qualities in comedians, like whether it's like comedians like us or like higher tier, like, like famous comedians? Yeah. that you really admire yeah um i just like uh fun people i just like and i like that in any situation but like a comedian sometimes it doesn't even matter if you're funny as long as you're like just a good hang almost you know what i mean like that's like i'd rather hang out with a bad comedian who's a good person than a good comedian who's a bad person, right? Yeah, so definitely. I, <laughs> definitely. So, <laughs> and like, there's been times in my life where I'm like friends with someone, I'm like, God, I hope they get better at comedy because I just really like this person. <laughs> and nine times out of 10, they do, they, they do. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess I just like, 
yeah, I just look for in comedians. The trait I like is just someone who's a good time, chill, an easy person to talk to. And, uh, and that also like, that'll give you, get you forgiveness for sometimes even being like a little more edgy than I like, you know what I mean? Like if someone's a little more, cause I'm not necessarily the most edgy guy, I'll say some things, but I don't, I don't really push the edge very often. I might sometimes stumble across the edge, but I'm never really <laughs> pushing for it. Um, so I don't know some people that do that. I'm not a big fan of that style of comedy of just like, okay, what's the most crazy thing I can do. Yeah. But if I know you're just like a good person and a fun person and you, you just sort of like to experiment in that direction, then whatever it, it's, everyone can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, who's your favorite comic? Like, do you have a favorite? John Mulaney for sure. John Mulaney. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's really yeah. good. I have a lot of sort of different types of favorite comics, but John Mulaney to me is like, if you bought like a doll of a comedian, like it would just look like him, I think. You know what I mean? Like an out of the box <laughs> suit, microphone, nice haircut. Like he just looks to me, he's like the modern version of what comedy has been forever, sort of. <laughs> like <laughs> I just picture him as like a, he's like a, he's like a Carson comedian or something. Like something that would be on Car- I don't know. He's just he's very traditional while still being modern. It's weird. Yeah. I I really like that. Yeah, I really like him too. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's, he's the best. When I when I saw him, so when I was in New York, um, I went to see Pete Holmes, and it was at like a, it was in like a Masonic temple or something, and it was full. It was like a packed, huge room, and there was a uh, a host. There was like an opener host, I guess. Her name was Lara Bites. She's really funny. Uh, and then it was just supposed to be Pete after that. And then she, in the middle of her set, was like, "Oh, I'm getting uh, word from the side that we have a guest drop in." Uh, so unannounced, John Mulaney dropped in and did 45 minutes. Um, oh. of just, he walked on, he was wearing like a sweater and a hat. Like he was just like, it was so casual. He had notes <laughs> in his pocket he would pull out. Um, he was just working shit out, which like, imagine being at the level where you're like, Hey, I got some things to work out. Can I do a loose 45 at your sold out <laughs> Masonic temple? And there's like, yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> sold out show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just and he drop in. <laughs> yeah, it's so nuts. And, and it was so good. And it was all stuff he was working on for his uh, SNL monologue like a few months later. So I saw oh, the monologue wow. and I was like, oh, that was, I saw those jokes. So it was such a cool experience to see that. That's so, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I love John Mulaney. Oh, wow. Because I know I saw something on, um, I think it was during the summer. I watched, uh, it was uh, Ray Romano. It was on okay. a, a special of his, on Netflix where he went to three clubs, three clubs yeah, that he used to do. Yeah. Like in New York, back in right? the day. It literally shows him walking from like one across the street to the yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like all, they were all like on the same block or something and he just yeah. walks in and people are like flipping out and he'd go and do like 20 minutes there. And then, yeah. you know, thanks a lot, leave, go to the next place. Yeah, and, a friend of mine was at one time? of those shows. A friend of mine from Ottawa was just randomly in New York watching shows and, uh, sorry Romano and it was being filmed and everything so I think it was either practicing for that or part of the special part so, of that yeah because yeah. everybody in the club was like flip like he'd walk by and people would be like oh <laughs> you know, like, yeah <laughs> you know, just totally. flipped out like yeah and I was like that would have been so much fun yeah to absolutely. be there you know that totally. you're thinking you're gonna see like whoever whoever you bought your ticket to see and then like some superstar walks in and 
just yeah. does time and you're like, holy shit. You know? <laughs> I think that's pretty common in places like New York and LA. Yeah. I think you'll, I think you'll so too. just sort of happen upon that stuff. Like I've heard of that happening with like, I think my dad told me a story about his friend was in New York and just went to a random open mic. And then eventually Jerry Seinfeld fucking showed up randomly and did a whole wow. <laughs> thing. And yeah. So you never know in New York. It's a, uh, it's a oh, really yeah. I'd be place. like, take all the time you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we're, we're winding down right now. So um, I'd like to ask you like just some, this has all been fun. This has all been fun. But I just want to ask you like a couple like crazy questions. Sure. So pick a pick a number from one to 62. 33. 33. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so this question is, what would your perfect murder weapon be and why? Oh, okay. Well, my mind instantly went to that old like riddle of like stabbing someone with an icicle or whatever. So it like, uh, it dissolves and there's no murder weapon left behind. But I don't know. That's not really in my heart. That's just, I, I don't know. Yeah, you have really to do it in the winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really weather dependent. I don't know. Uh, wow, this is such a, this question is like a trap because if I answer it too well, it makes me seem like a, like a fucked person uh <laughs> it's true. It's like, he answered that so easily <laughs> yeah okay can i answer can i answer this with something that someone told me when i was a kid how they would murder somebody yeah sure okay so when i was 16 i worked at a gas station or no a convenience store it was a convenience store and uh my manager was like i don't know probably in his like mid to late 20s he was like a stoner guy like long greasy hair he kind of just looked like me i guess uh and he um and he was he was cool and he was funny and he was always teaching me about like drugs and like <laughs> cool music and stuff but i remember one day he just sort of randomly told me he's like you know what i would do if i ever caught a pedophile and i was like uh no what would you do if you caught a pedophile and he was like oh i would chain them up in my basement uh, and he's like, and I would, and this, by the way, this gets kind of uncomfortable. So just to let you know, okay. this gets kind of disturbing. Okay. He's like, we'll we'll he's do like, a palate cleanser after. <laughs> that's exactly. He's like, I would chain them up. Uh, and he's like, and I would slit in between their fingers and little cuts on their fingers. He's like, and then I would rub poop into those cuts. He's like, because that over time will dissolve your skin and bones. And he's like, I would do that every day, once a day until they slowly were rotted away from feces. <laughs> So I'm sorry, by the way, for that answer. Wow. But, was, <laughs> but that stuck with me. That was, I was. Of that course, was I would. Yeah, that. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, like yeah. note to self: don't yeah. piss this guy off. Yeah, exactly. Also, wow. how does he know that that's what happened? Like, I don't know where he learned that. <laughs> I don't, but anyway, he told me that I was 16 years old and he was my boss, and I was like, okay, cool, man. Because <laughs> oh, that's very specific. That is yeah. very deliberate. <laughs> I also don't think we were talking about pedophiles or murder. I think he was like, hey, you know what I would do if I caught a pedophile? And I was like, uh, okay. Like he wasn't asked the question. <laughs> no, it was just a thing that he wanted to talk about for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So it started with me and now I've shared it with the internet. So. <laughs> now we're all like. <laughs> yeah. As I was telling that, I was like, this isn't going to make anyone feel good. I don't know why I'm telling <laughs> Just yeah. all this is going to do is make people uncomfortable. <laughs> How about we do another one as a palate cleanser? Sure, sure. Okay, so pick uh, another number. 
Let's do 24. 24? Okay. If Hollywood made a movie about your life, mm -hmm. who would you like to see play the lead role as you? I've been told that I look kind of like Adam Driver. Um, who I've also been told is kind of an ugly man. So I don't know how I feel about that. I, <laughs> I always get I don't think ugly. you look anything like Adam Driver. Thank you, I guess. I mean, I don't <laughs> find him ugly either. I don't find he's, him ugly either. No, I think he's But you just don't look like him. <laughs> no, me either. I, one person told me that. Um, so yeah, I would take it. I think he's a good actor. I think he's like kind of weird. I think he could maybe pick up my weird... Uh, I have sort of a temperament sometimes that people don't know unless they really know me that kind of goes from like very chill to suddenly like irrationally uh, passionate in an annoying way where I'm like, what do you mean you don't like Star Wars? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I just sort of freak out from zero to 10. I think he could capture that really well, actually. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, Adam Driver, I don't care what he looks like. He can, he, he can do it, he did the job. Plus, he's in Star Wars. Actually, I'm realizing. So that's about. Yeah, he is. I I think he is in Star. I think he's in Star oh, he Wars. Is. Yeah, he is. He he is. is. Okay. Kylo Ren. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Star. A big Star Wars fan. So. Yeah. yeah, I I remember seeing like going to the theater to see Star Wars like back in yeah. like what 1980 or whatever, mm -hmm. and that's where it ended for me. I was never. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, I think I might have seen The Empire Strikes Back, but if I did, it was when it came out in the theaters like a hundred years ago. But Fair yeah, enough. just yeah, it's I just never everyone. got into it. I've been trying to get my girlfriend to watch Star Wars recently, and it's it's been uh, an interesting experience. So it's a lot of <laughs> she's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, we were talking. I was trying to explain her something that happened in the Mandalorian, and I was like, yeah, and I was saying like all oh, this Star Wars stuff and this Star Wars stuff, and she was on her phone and she wasn't listening, and then she just went, yeah, yeah, Starbucks is crazy. <laughs> and I was just like, you're not even fucking listening to me right now. <laughs> Which is fair, I guess. Starbucks is crazy. <laughs> and it was, she wasn't joking. Like, she just thought I was talking about Starbucks and so she was not paying attention. Because I probably was going on for a while. She probably tuned out, like, reasonably. Because all she's hearing is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, baby Yoda. Blah, 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 blah Starbucks. Blah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh boy. So, well, we've come to the end of our, of our uh, hour and thank you, you so much. This was a lot of fun yeah, thank and you I'm glad I finally got a chance to, to do this, yeah. to do this with you. Um, is there anything that you want to promote or uh, showcase for our viewers? Like do you, if you want them to follow you, like your handles on uh, yeah. social yeah. media? Yeah. I've got a few projects in the works, but nothing I can really fully promote yet um because i don't have any dates nailed down for anything but yeah you can follow me at uh at david had father on uh twitter or instagram that's my, that's my handle on both of those uh instagram i'll promote stuff and just post stupid stuff and twitter is kind of just me and my dumb bullshit uh <laughs> half jokes so half jokes <laughs> half like baked thoughts so if you want any of those then check that out <laughs> david had father well, thank you so much. And when you have stuff to promote, let me know and I'll have you back on. That'd be fantastic. To, to, to promote it. Cool. Okay. Thank you <laughs> well, very bye much everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Do I bye. just leave? Thank Do you want me to you. leave? Do I just... uh, yeah, you can hang on for a second. I'll just stop the stream. Okay. Cool.